the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Selman, and welcome to another great session of Eye on Real Estate. As you know, everyone loves real estate. Everyone likes to hear about it. There's no one that I know that doesn't talk about it. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you're in the real estate business, you want to say, enough with real estate. Everyone's always asking a million questions. Please tune into our show every Saturday live at 970 The Answer, or you can get it on the mobile app, 970 iHeartRadio. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, just go to Dottie Herman, and you'll get my, you know, all my stuff. And you don't want to miss my weekly, monthly newsletter. I do it every two weeks at www.dottieherman.com. Please sign up. I love hearing from you. I love your questions, and I try to get to them on air if I can. If not, I'll always send you an email back. This morning, I will be co-host for one of my favorite people, and everyone emails me and texts me that you love Alfred. Alfred Renner, who is the Senior Managing Director of Sales and is a wealth of knowledge and comes from a whole family that's totally emerged everyone's in real estate not only in real estate they buy real estate they invest in real estate they're a real estate family good morning alfred good morning Dottie. thank you for having me on this uh, bone chilling morning <laughs> yes i heard it's pretty cold there 19 degrees it's going up well <laughs> i know but i but you know what i've been in florida for a couple of weeks and it's not 19 degrees. It's it's actually not warm for Florida. It's probably like 50, 60, sometimes 65. But there hasn't been pretty much a day of sun. It's been it's weird weather. It's been it's been cloudy and there's been no sun any day that I've been here three weeks. No, not not a bit of sun. So I don't know, I'm but I guess I'd rather I'd rather have no sun than be in what is it, 17 degrees or something. Yeah, I think I'd rather have the sun and the cold than yeah. than the warmth yeah. and no sun. <laughs> so we're going to take the first hour and talk about real estate. And we have a short show this morning. It is uh, only eleven thirty. It's only until eleven thirty because we're um, we're we have some game on. So it's a short show. So stay tuned. And at eleven o'clock, we'll be joined by Lisa Stancliffe, who is a house guru. Um, she's a houseplant guru, and I don't know about you. I don't know if you have a green thumb. Do you, Al- Alfred? Um, I could uh, do better. 
I, I think I can use a great improvement. <laughs> I would say, I would say I'm with you on that. I'm probably the same way. I could certainly lead her advice. But Alfred, before I get into like really like talking, I have to read you something that I read, and it and it talks about the city, and it says that there's fewer than ten thousand new housing units were proposed, and it said that. Developers filed applications to build foundations for 285 multifamily buildings last year, but which would yield about 9,909 housing units, which is still 80% less than the city would need to meet whatever, oh, to meet what Adams had said was the goal of creating a half a million units over the next decade, which is what he says he's trying to do. And, um, it says that New York finished well before, in 223, well behind what they were supposed to build for housing. Uh, what do you do? We do we do we we looking at a shortage of housing in the city? I, there's a shortage of affordable housing in the city, and then there's a general shortage of traditional resale listings in the city, and there's a shortage of new con- new luxury construction. So we're seeing well, a shortage across all the markets. Is there anything that there's not a shortage of? Um, that's a good question. There might be there might be a few extra fifty million dollar properties <laughs> in Midtown. <laughs> oh right, right. But now when we're talking about we're talking about like I would say probably the weakest sector would be office, correct? Like office space well, because... There's a tremendous amount of office space, and the big question is what to do with this abundance of empty office space. And I, and it's not so easy to convert uh, the floor plate of a commercial building into a residential property. The, the needs are very different, if you can imagine... These buildings are very deep, so the amount of windows is very little. So very little natural light reaches the middle of the building. Some buildings you can cut out the core of the building and let natural light come in, but that's very, very expensive. What what I am hearing is some commercial buildings are converting to commercial condominiums. So um, businesses can actually purchase the property or a floor, instead of leasing it, and that might be a greater desire for some companies. Well, that's a good, that's a good point, okay? Because uh, it's talking about commercial. It says there were $9.7 billion in commercial properties sold last year, which sounds like a lot, but it says that's a 55% drop from, 22, from 2022 and 72% below the trailing 10-year average. So... And now I know Prada opened up, uh, is dropping more than $820 million on a Fifth Avenue building. Uh, but even besides that, it says that a lot of people, and I guess this is residential also and commercial, but it says a lot of people are kind of wait and see. Like they want to wait and see what the market's doing and if interest rates are going to come down. And uh, so... They, you know, they hope that because we're hearing that interest rates will get cut, uh, and so many are sitting on, on a, you know, just holding and waiting. Do you think that's a good strategy? 
Do I think that's a good strategy? Well, I can tell you what I'm seeing. And the first half, half of January has had a 60% increase in signed contracts as compared to the same time last year. Really? So what that, yes. So what that tells us is that the discussion of the dropping or the cutting of the rates the dropping of the mortgage rate because it has come down has now allowed many people, which we refer to as pent-up demand, many people to move forward and start purchasing. And what's going to happen is that the more people that purchase, the more buyers that purchase, that's more competition with other buyers. What we are not seeing, and, and unfortunately is an increase, of listings, of resale properties in New York City, it, the market is extremely tight. One of the main reasons why we're not seeing listings on the market is because for people to sell who maybe have an interest rate presently of, let's say, 3 or 4%, it's still going to be expensive for them to buy something else and pay a 6 7% interest rate. So they're holding off, which means we have a shortage of real estate so um, doesn't, the that, 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 doesn't that bring prices like keep prices high that's going to keep prices where they've been and going up so anything new coming on the market is going to be listed slightly higher and will sell for slightly higher than it would have a year ago so if someone is in the position to purchase a property Today is the time to do it in terms of getting the best price for the property because it's only going to start going up. Now, I, you know, and I think you're, I think you're right about that. I think that a lot of people, you know, you're hearing interest rates are going to come down. They've come down a bit. Okay, I, I doubt we're ever going to see like two or three percent again, but I think they're going to probably end up in, you know, somewhere in the fives, five and a half, somewhere six probably towards the end of 24. So a lot of people are waiting. But don't you think when people wait, there'll be just a pent-up demand and it'll be just more competition? Yes, yes. And people like to buy when other people are buying because they feel more comfortable and more confident about buying. So we're, so maybe the interest rates might come, are going to come down just a bit, but I think the difference is going to be made up in a higher purchase price. So if you can buy today then wait a year and refinance when the interest rates come down enough to make make sense of the refinancing is what people should do if they find the right property for themselves today. Yeah. But again, as you know, this 2023, okay, actually was known as historically an unaffordable housing market, okay, historically. And that's that's, that's not New York necessarily alone that's just in general and 24 though just to give you a sigh of relief is expected to be a little bit more balanced now i'm not talking specifically about new york city i'm just saying that in general because you know okay and has a potential for a little bit more inventory and slightly now and slightly lower home prices now that's the national forecast so Mm, you're saying that new york city will probably be different 
Uh, yeah, I see it happening now. I, you know, I measure the data and I see that the negotiability factor on an asking price to the, to the contract price is now almost a point tighter. It's about 5% on average. It used to be with 6% and 7% going back last year. So buyers, buyers realize that they have to pay closer to the asking price. So that's, that's tightening up the market. And, um, it's going to take a while. You know, nothing is happening fast. Nothing is changing from today to tomorrow. But this is the direction that things are going in. And not only do we have a lot of pent-up demand in terms of people waiting to buy, there's a pent-up demand to sell. And everyone that sells is going to buy something else. So all the sellers come back into the marketplace as buyers as well. Right. Well, listen, people are maybe getting tired of being on the sidelines but I do think, and maybe I'm wrong, and this is just my opinion, I do think <clears throat> if you go back to the pandemic, and again, I'm going to leave New York City out of that because during the pandemic, everybody was leaving New York City because we got hit very yeah. hard with the pandemic. So everyone, and then the suburbs and the Hamptons and parts of Connecticut and Jersey, they were all booming, okay? That you couldn't yeah. even, there were like 12, 15 offers on a property and nobody could even make an offer. If you didn't have all cash, you were out. Well, that's obviously changed. I mean, you can't sustain that kind, those kind of numbers year after year. And I think things have gotten a little bit back to normal or, or somewhat normal. But we're reading and you're finding that for a lot of young buyers, the affordability is really the, because prices are high and they're not seeming to come down. And even in places where they might come down, it might be a touch because there's still, even though there might be a little bit more inventory, it's still very tight across the country for most part. So what would your advice be to somebody who is starting to look for a property? Well, you know, what would your advice be to them? Especially, you know, we could give them in general, maybe because it doesn't have to be New York. But then we'll talk a little about what, because New York is even harder to navigate than the rest of the country. Uh, what would your advice be to them? My advice would be to study the market in which you're interested in buying. And when I say study the market, I'm saying go on to, uh, you know, realtor.com or, or um, Street Easy or any of those national websites which aggregate data and allow you to look at the history of selling prices and asking prices and study that a little bit and go back five years to see how go back to 2019 and then look at it each year and see how the how the needle has moved how much how prices have gone up how prices have gone down what's the negotiability and you'll get a general sense of that particular market not every market is identically the same and then what you want to do is project out how long you're planning on being in that one property. What is it, typically six years, seven years, someone stays in a property, Dottie, about? Yeah, something like that. Right. So you can sort of project out. Now, in the next three years, what you, the price may be less than what you paid today. But that's not to get, that's not to panic because generally what happens over the course of time, overall prices go up. And there's always dips along the way. And in those dips is where you find value and opportunity. But once it goes back up, then those prices start to climb rapidly and, the, and the, it gets very tight. So that's, that's what I, I would do. The other, the other thing is not to get distracted by bells and whistles. 
oftentimes the properties that have all the bells and whistles um, and are on the outskirts, let's say, of a village or a town, don't hold the value like other properties do that are closer into town. Um, once that house ages, the desirability drops very fast, whereas a house close to a, a village, which is a close distance to shops and schools, um, holds a value and doesn't move as much um, as, the, as the property in the outskirts. You know, Alfred, that's such a good point, you know, and I watched that happen a bunch of years ago in the Hamptons where what, there was like, and we're going back, a big boom for building, and people were building all north of the highway, and you know the Hamptons well also. So there yeah. was tons of new construction, and you could get a home really far north of, of, of 25 if you – you could get like this brand-new home that was like – 3,500 square feet, had all the bells and whistles for a lot, lot less than you could buy a small little house south of the highway. But they didn't hold their value. So I'm a location buyer. I mean, that's my feeling, you know. And again, everyone's different. It's just my opinion. If you want to have value over the long term, I think the location is most important. I have to agree with you. I remember when I was in the market to buy my first house back in the 90s, um, I had the option to buy a smaller, older house in the village or something, as you're suggesting, like north of the highway. That, that price point was the same, but it was a house twice the size, beautiful built-in pool, soaring ceilings, chef's kitchen, all of those amenities and features that are very attractive and become almost like an impulse buy. But I asked the broker, in terms of holding value, what did she advise? And she told me, buy in the village. You will never lose, your, you will never lose value in the village. And she was right. That was back uh, in the late 90s. Yeah, I think I did the same thing and had the same advice. Buy in the village. And <laughs> they were right. It held its values. You know, and I, and I know that when, you know, everyone talks about the city. Well, People that are, you know, and I always say follow, like, follow the people that have money and are making moves. Like, I just read that a $49 million Chelsea penthouse what led the market last, last week. That sold for $49 million. And uh, new contracts over $4 million really ticked up in Manhattan. Okay. And what's going on is people that are smart and believe in and want to be in New York City are buying now. They're not going to wait till everybody comes out and buys and they say, oh, by the way, the mortgage rates are really down and now is a good time to buy because then the prices are going to go shoot up. So to me, it's a perfect time to buy if you're out there and uh, don't stop and say, oh, let me wait for interest rates. I no. have, right? I mean. <laughs> Never wait. So if you old, find the right house. Right. I want to continue talking about some general real estate information, wherever you might live, um, about buying and selling. Right after the break, I'm here with Alfred Renner, and we're talking about real estate. We'd love to hear from you. By all means, call us. We'd love to hear your questions. We'll be right back after this break.
What can you expect at Adelphi University? Don't expect ordinary, because this is where extraordinary happens every day. Classes, smaller. Professors, more like mentors. Clubs and organizations to jump into, over 90. Graduating salaries, 28% higher than the national average. Over $70,000 a year for baccalaureate grads. A U.S. News & World Report Best College with exceptional undergraduate programs, graduate and doctoral programs, certificates and continuing education. Top-ranked academics with hands-on learning in healthcare, STEM, arts and humanities, social work, psychology, and the business and teaching professions. With career guidance that's won national recognition. More scholarships, more internships, more friendships. Wherever you're going, whatever your age, whatever your goal, you can expect extraordinary. Adelphi University. Learn more at adelphi.edu slash exceptional. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law has gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Paramus Sunrise Rotary is hosting its first ever dinner and comedy night on January 26th at Visitations Church Hall, located at 234 North Fairview Avenue in Paramus, New Jersey. There'll be a lineup of six excellent comedians that will be performing all family-friendly material, food and soft drinks provided by the excellent DR Catering. All proceeds support CF Limitless, a wonderful organization that provides scholarships to college-age students living with cystic fibrosis. So come and join the Paramus Sunrise Rotary and DR Catering at Visitations Church Hall in Paramus, New Jersey. That's January 26th at 6.30 p.m. for dinner and great comedy starting at 7.30 p.m. All this for a great price of $45. $45 for dinner and comedy? What could be better than that? Buy your tickets now online at linkpages.pro slash Paramus Comedy 2024. That's linkpages.pro slash Paramus Comedy 2024. January 26th at 6.30 p.m. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date. And I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Listen to AM970 The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
I'm back with Alfred Renner from Douglas Elliman, and we're talking about real estate in New York City and nationally and what's going on. And, you know, Alfred, you know, a lot of people write about real estate, and uh, not all of them. A lot of them are just writers, and so they call some people and hopefully get their information. But we're in the trenches, and we know what's going on. So I was reading this article on old rules, okay, and new rules, and I want to see what you agree with or what you don't. And it says, one number one, an old rule, mortgage rates are high, buying a house may not make sense. Would you agree with that rule or tell people to continue to buy? I would disagree with that rule today. I would disagree also. I think that you shouldn't stop. You should continue looking. And, hey, as I told you every week, my first house I probably paid 14% interest rates or something of that, maybe even higher. But I got my house, I got into the market, and then, of course, I refinanced when things came down. Okay, right. so that's okay. Okay. And they expect homes to really get really competitive as they, rates go down, okay? Uh, so that rule I would really disagree with because rates are going to go down and you're just going to have more competition. Another you know, rule there's, I there's, plenty, there's, plenty, sorry, there's plenty of refinancing today. 20 years ago, people did not really refinance. You, you, you got one mortgage, and that's what you lived with until you sold the house uh, or you no longer live there. But today you can refinance. Banks and, banks and lenders make it very easy to refinance now. That's true. And let me just say this. When I started buying an outfit, when we bought our first houses, there was like only a couple of kind of mortgage options. It was conventional, like a 25, 30-year mortgage. There was a PMI where you put less than, you could put 5% down, 10% down, even less than that. And there was FHA. There were, and maybe, oh, and veterans, if you were a veteran. Now, now there's such an array of different kinds of financing that you definitely should inquire about financing and get, you know, get your credit check, make sure that's all done, that you have no flaws on your credit and that you've taken care of that before you apply because the rates that banks quote you are only for A1. You have no nothing, no flaws on your credit. Um, so you should do that. And then you should go out and look. Shop with a couple of mortgage places. Don't just go to one because they offer different programs. And if you're a first-time buyer... Or you make certain kind of incomes. There's a lot of different programs, so it's good to be knowledgeable and do your homework. Okay? I agree with you. Right now, yes, they say an old rule: buyers won't face much competition. Okay, because people are on the sidelines, and the new rule is competition for homes will become fierce in 24. I agree with that. Competition will will become fierce. Yeah, I think so because so many people, people want to buy. And, you know, the generation of the, you know, the 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 the, the generation X and and the uh well, the people that are buying today, what's after generation X? I'm trying to The Z's. The Z's. Yeah. The Zers. The Zers. Okay, they are all buyers. And, you know, years ago they said, oh, they'll never buy houses because their parents, you know, might have lost money, which when we had that glitch in 2007 and 2008. Well, it's quite the contrary. They all believe in home ownership, and they all want to own. And believe me, there's nothing like owning. And when you rent, 
which is which are high, you you know you're just throwing your money out. You're not going to get any any benefit. So you know, I read something very interesting about this Generation Zers. They they as a generation they don't want to drive. They have no motivation to get a driver's license. So their preference is <laughs> to either walk or take an Uber or uh, someone drops them off. So, you know, as these Zers become buyers, um, they're going to be settling in, uh, you know, metropolitan cities and, and villages um, where they don't have to use a car. So that's where that's those are going to be the first homes and that are going to be most in demand. That's a good point. Uh, but I, uh, I also hear that they don't want to work that much either. Okay. <laughs> so I know, and if you're a generation to Z or an X or Y, okay, don't take offense to that because I understand that that you guys want to make the same amount of money as the baby boomers, and you but you just don't want to work every single day because we really didn't understand time management. We might have gone to the courses, but as we were growing up and look in the job market, you had to work day and night. I mean, there was no yes. such thing as, oh, by the way, you know, I'll I'll take this time off. I just need to have some family time. I need some golf time. I need some fun with my children time. I need some private time. I mean, it was like, hey, if you don't work all the time, you're not here. So it's very different now, okay? So I say to this generation, you know what I say to them? If you can make the money and work half the amount that we did, then we were fools, or we were missing something. Well, I, I think there's also a lot of um, uh, generational wealth that's being passed on, and so the, the, they have that advantage. Oh, that's true. It's the biggest, and I think I've said this on another show, it will be the biggest shift of wealth in the history of this country because mm-hmm. the baby boomers... You know, the World War II generation, you know, they, they really tried to buy a house and hopefully have give their kids a place to live that they owned. But the yes. baby boomers work day and night, and they have money pent up, and, of course, it's going to go to their kids. So yes. it's going to be the largest amounts of money that transfers over to that generation. So Yeah, hey. kids, kids and, and grandchildren. So a lot, of grand, a lot of grandchildren of baby boomers are in their 20s. That's true. That's true. And they're going to yeah. all be doing pretty good. I mean, a lot yeah. of them. So it may, be, it may be the generation that won't work as hard, but it doesn't mean they're not going to have the liquidity. Right. So they're, they, they, they'll have money, yeah. but they won't have to work. And you know what? If, you, if that, listen... Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't uh, I wasn't lucky to get passed on anything. But the but the point was, I, I don't think I really did have a balance in my life. You know, I worked all the time, and I had a family. I had a husband. I had a dog. I mean, I still have them. But I, you know, there was no really way you could balance things. I went to a million time management courses, and I said, you know what? I think I flunked them all because it would <laughs> well because it would say. Well, you know, you have to leave at a certain time, and then you can't answer your phone, you know, after a certain hour with business. Now, in the real estate business, I am not kidding you. People would call midnight. They didn't care what time it is. There's no feelings like, oh, let me tell like, oh, it's probably, they're probably sleeping or out to dinner or with their family. If they have a question or they're wondering about their home, if their deal's going to go through or whatever, they will call you anytime. 
correct? And, that is uh, absolutely correct. And they expect you to pick up that phone and answer them at any time that they want. And I don't think that that's going to change. So when I would go to these time management classes, I'm like, well, really? Well, maybe in another industry, but they don't apply to real estate. I think real estate, you kind of have to work really hard and you have to be available whenever that customer needs you. And you have, yes, and you have to enjoy that. You have to, you have to accept it as part of the career. And those that do flourish. That's a good point. And you know, Alfred, I always tell people, if you're going to be successful at something, you can never really be great at something if you're not passionate about it. Okay? If you don't love it. But if you love this business, and it's really a hard business, and it's hard on the families, too. You know, you don't really think about that much. You think, you know, you see all these shows with these, <laughs> you see all these shows with these million-dollar brokers, that are negotiating and, you know, on the phone for millions, and they're all beautifully well-dressed, and they mm. have, you know, time, and they have the best parties. <laughs> and I'm not saying that they don't exist, because a few of them, a lot of them, actually work with Douglas Elliman. But really, the real estate is a hard industry. And I don't think people realize as much as how much agents really do work. And have to be available at all times. There's no such thing as sitting back. And if you have a good broker, when they give you a call and say something new came out, especially because there's a shortage of inventory, you need to go see it ASAP. Even if it's something you don't like. Um, if you're a buyer, you, you have to be diligent and work the market also. Are there any tips when we come back from the break that you could give buyers and sellers, Alfred? Absolutely, especially on value. Okay, so after the break, we're going to give you from the pro, not from somebody who's writing a magazine, from somebody who's right in the trenches, tips on buying and selling in today's real estate market. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Hey, Joe Piscopo here. If you need a Cadillac, you got to see my good friend Bill Camastro at Gold Coast Cadillac, awarded Cadillac Dealer of the Year 27 times. Bill's team is the gold standard of customer service from start to finish. It's first class all the way. Speaking of service, are you part of the Gold Club yet? Bill takes care of you, your family, your friends with the Gold Coast Cadillac Gold Club. Sign up online at goldcoastcadillac.com for service benefits that you can share with friends and family, even if they didn't buy from Gold Coast. Gold Coast is getting even bigger and better with its brand new service facility expected to be completed by early 2024. Gold Coast Cadillac in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Bill took care of me and he's going to take care of you too. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. 
This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com. Here is Dr. Tina Zeka, Allergy and Asthma Associates of Monmouth County, with this week's medical minute. Symptoms of primary immunodeficiency can vary by individuals. But typically, a history is obtained where an individual has recurrent infections, such as recurrent sinus infections, respiratory infections, pneumonia, failure to thrive, chronic diarrhea, and autoimmunity. Primary immunodeficiency can be more common in males than females, but since most cases are genetically linked, children less than the age of one are most commonly affected. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I'd like to introduce you to the premier business in the investigative and security field in the United States today, Brosnan Risk Consultants, founded by my friend Pat Brosnan, decorated, retired NYPD detective. You must be diligent in protecting the business you work so hard to grow, family you cherish, and the lifestyle you've achieved. Luckily, there is Brosnan Risk Consultants to keep your business healthy, keep your family safe, and identify the approaching rising tide of danger and loss well before it destroys what you have built. Brosnan Risk Consultants have been protecting clients for over 25 years, operational in 45 states and over 500 cities. Don't settle for second best. Brosnan is the gold standard in investigative and security services. Call now, 800-590-2180, or go online to Brosnan Risk Risk.com. B-R-O-S-N-A-N. Risk.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, Sam Bellino here. AM970 The Answer is hosting two events this month to introduce you to the opportunities of working in broadcasting. The events take place Tuesday, January 23rd, and Thursday, January 25th at our offices and studios on Broadway. They're free to attend, but you must call ahead to be put on the guest list. 212-857-9631. That's 212-857-9631. And ask for the business office. See you at one of these two events. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Back with Alfred Renner, and I think buyers, sellers, and people who just want to have knowledge about real estate because you never know when you might buy it or need it. Or Here are some tips that we're going to give you when you're buying or selling um, in a property anywhere today. So you want to give some tips, and I'll add my two cents in when I think I uh, have two cents to add. Sure. You know, Dottie, prior to the pandemic, when buyers looked at real estate to purchase, they would look at homes that either needed some work or renovation or maybe did not need work. The, the difference in the value between a property that needs work and one that doesn't is basically was basically the cost of the renovation itself. The pandemic came along and there was the supply chain issue, okay? And uh, the cost, the, 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 the cost of renovation, the cost of materials, everything skyrocketed. 
You had to wait a year and a half to get a dishwasher. So what happened was every property that was already a renovated property or a new property, people not only paid for the cost of that renovation compared to one that that was not renovated, but they're paying a premium on that renovation, upwards of 20-25% more of a premium. So it got it's gotten very very expensive. The um, the supply chain has has loosened up, and people are starting to look at and consider properties now that need work. That is where you're going to find your best value if you are willing to take a property that has not been renovated, and if you can just you know put a good coat of paint on it and live with it for a few years, and then renovate maybe a couple of years down the road. That's really where you're going to get the best value is in the unrenovated property because the difference in cost is tremendous for the, for the like-kind property that does not need any work. Um, so I- people are still pay- paying premiums on top of the renovation. Well, that's true, but I do want to advise people before you make that plunge, I would advise you to have an engineer's report, especially, look, it's different if you're in a building with an apartment in the building. I mean, that's still renovations, but less than if you have a a single, you know, single residential home. Because those, I would have an engineer's report, and I would make sure that I knew the cost of what, you know, was, you want to see if there's anything structurally really wrong with this property, especially if it's a single family home. Uh, because that could run into a real lot of money. And then if you get it for the right price and you can afford to wait, so be it. Uh, but you definitely want to do that, especially in a single-family home. In a building, it's a little bit easier because the building, you'll have to look through their, you know, what they have and what what they have to do with the building. But that you can get in the prospectus. You could, you could just, but as far as the renovation, I agree with Alfred. My feeling is the best way to buy a property is also a property that nobody's done anything. In other words, something that somebody never redid. In other words, they had it from 1970 or 80 and they have, you know, they're bragging over their cabinets that they put in 1980 and they look like they're 1980. Okay. And, but it's structurally sound, but it needs to be redone. Okay. That to me, you know, a good coat of paint as Alfred said, you know, cleaning up, washing the windows, you'd be surprised what a difference just that makes. Wouldn't you agree? I mean... Absolutely. It's day and night. And as a seller, if you're selling a home, and sometimes I'll walk into homes and I'm like, what is this person thinking? If you want to get top dollar for your home, and who doesn't? I'm not saying you should put a gut renovation together or go for all that kind of money, but... Get rid of the junk, get rid of whatever, I say this every week, get rid of anything that you really don't need. Things show better when they have more space. Clean everything, paint white or some, you know, off-white color that's neutral. Have your windows washed. You would be surprised. It makes such a difference. Okay, what other tips do you have, Alfred? Um... A big tip is, you know, a lot of buyers tend to think they can do this on their own and you don't need a good real estate broker. And uh, obviously I'm in the, in the business, so I'm, I would recommend that a buyer start
starts from the beginning working with an experienced, smart, highly recommended real estate broker. They, they will be able to advise you and share with you information and perspective that will take a buyer year, years to, to obtain. Um, it's not a simple process, and you don't, it's one of the biggest purchases of your life. And you don't want to make a mistake and you want to know everything that's on the market or maybe that's coming up on the market. And as a buyer, not working with a broker, you're not going to find all that added information. So it doesn't, uh, it, it's tremendous value to the buyer to work with a recommended broker for you. Now I have another question. Everyone asks this and by law, no, you know, by law, you have to ask the broker, are you working for the buyer or the seller? And by law, um, I'm not saying that it always works this way, but by law, a, sell, a selling broker who means that they're working for the seller, they're working on the listing, um, when, they, when you present an offer, basically, they're supposed to really present the highest offer. So if you would say to the, bar, to, to the broker, oh, uh, Alfred, listen, this property is like at eight hundred and fifty thousand. I want to offer eight thirty, but if they don't accept that, I would come up to eight forty. Would you recommend when people make offers? People always ask me this question: Should they make their best offer initially, or should they try to like take some money off and negotiate? Now I know well, there's no rule of thumb, but what is what is your best advice on that? You know, listen, the, the, the variables are so great that strategy is, is dependent on, on the variables. And again, when you're working with a recommended broker, they will be able to guide you. Right. However, with, with all of that said, your best bet as a buyer is to have representation. When a buyer goes, and I'll only speak about New York State, about representation, but when a buyer goes directly to a listing agent, and wants to make an offer, technically the listing agent can represent both parties. But in that representation, they are just passing information back and forth. They're not, they cannot advise you to, to go for a higher price or a lower price. So you're not benefiting from that. Exactly. When, you bring in your, when you bring in your own broker who represents you, their fiduciary is to you as a buyer, and that is to get you the lowest price possible for that that property they're negotiating low for you a listing agent who works strictly for the seller his job is their fiduciary is to the seller their job is to get the highest and best offer so i always recommend for a buyer to work with a broker um, who works just for you not not representing both both buyer and seller because there's no, there's no um, um, support with that. Yes, and I, that's really a very, really point that I think a lot of people really don't understand. Okay, and just to rephrase it, what Alfred's saying is, if you should ask the broker, who are you working for? If they're working for the seller, which they'll tell you, they will definitely disclose to you who they're working for. Then their job is really, as as Alfred said, to get the highest offer for the seller. Not to help you get it at a cheap price. So if no. you if you employ a buyer's broker, if you're a buyer and you have a broker that's working for you, 
then their job is to find a property and help you get it at the cheapest price. At, while conversely, the um, the seller's broker is going to try to get the highest price. So then the next question that people will ask, well then, do I have to pay two commissions? Do they have, you know, that will vary as well. Most of the time, the seller is the one who's paying the commission. Um if, if the seller is not paying the commission to the buy side, that's made very clear to the buyer's broker. But you have to look at the numbers as a whole and not break it down and say, this might be too high and that might be too low. You have to look at this as a total investment. And is this the right property for you? Is this affordable for you? And not get hung up on, on uh, smaller, smaller parts of the numbers. You know, and I and I and I really believe this. I've said this before. What a lot of people, when they're interviewing brokers, whether it be for a buyer or a seller, what they don't really look at is well, somebody can negotiate because the whole this business, so much is really in the negotiations and how that buy how those brokers negotiate. And good brokers know how to negotiate, and they also know. They'll know the circumstances someone is in. Like Alfred said, if somebody really has to get out quickly, that they'll probably be more flexible than somebody who has seven months to wait. Okay. And they'll also know how to put a deal together. And I've seen so many deals blow up because they didn't know how to negotiate. And in a good negotiation, nobody feels like they got taken advantage. Uh, They feel like, you know, both parties... A good negotiation, both parties feel like they won something. It's a give and take. And yes. We always recommend that you use a, an attorney that is a real estate attorney and used to doing real estate deals. Because, Alfred, how many times have you seen maybe an attorney that's doing a favor for their mother-in-law or for some relative and they're doing a deal, but they're a divorce attorney, and they really don't neg- know how to negotiate, and they sometimes can blow up a deal. Somebody can get upset, yeah. you know? I, I, I see it happen more so with young buyers or first-time buyers. You know, their, their parents or elders are, are you know, pushing a, a relative on them or a family friend. You have to use so-and-so who is not, necess- who is not a real estate attorney. Right. Stay, stay far away from someone who doesn't focus on real estate. Because once, Dottie, once you have an, an accepted offer, you've got to move quickly to get to a signed contract. Because that property becomes very vulnerable in that moment. It, everything changes. When, once there's an accepted offer, other buyers can come in and try to bump you out. So you want an attorney who can do their due diligence rapidly, very, very quickly, uh, and not have to learn the process on, on your dime. Or not take it so, so seriously and, and wait. So when you hire an attorney, besides for it being a real estate attorney, you need to say... If I come with you with a with an accepted offer, how quickly can you turn that over? Because as Alfred said, while you're while people think with the offer was accepted that they're in, that's not true. While until it goes to contract and it's signed, sealed, and delivered, and even then somebody actually could put another offer in. But yes. But but until that happens, okay, anybody can come in and outbid you. Or maybe not even outbid you, put a bigger down payment or something of that nature. So it's so important that you, you line know, Dottie, up. As, 
especially now in the market where it's starting to heat up. And, and as I mentioned to you earlier, the market is heating up. There's more competition happening. So when you find that property and you negotiate that price, you need the attorney waiting for the phone call to, to, get, to draft that contract do their due diligence and get you to sign it quickly because you know what, Dottie, a good property is going to get, you can get bumped from a good property in a climbing market. Absolutely. And I don't, people don't, I don't think people realize that because I think sometimes you think when you have an accepted offer that's accepted and that's not true. Okay. Right. So you need to, and believe me in our lifetimes, I can tell you how many deals I've seen because the attorney did not get on it right away. You know, they took their time with it. You know, not saying that they weren't a good attorney or they didn't know what they were doing. They just didn't do it. They didn't do it immediately. And somebody else came in. Yes, you need that attorney lined up before you start negotiating on a property. You want to have them in place. Don't go looking for the attorney after you've negotiated. You're losing time. You're losing very valuable time, especially in a climbing market. Right. And my, my advice to everyone is if you find a property that you love, that you have all your ducks in order so you have your mortgage so that you know that you can tell the seller, listen, with me, I have an, a mortgage approval. I'm approved for this amount. You don't have to worry. I will get a mortgage unless you get, you know, unless your house doesn't appraise. You don't have, there's no guessing. It's almost like cash. All right? So you want to put your best terms in and you want to make it happen immediately. And if you're a seller, let's tell you the same thing. You don't want to have somebody waiting because you say, well, maybe something else will come along. And while they're waiting, they're saying, well, we don't get this property. Maybe we'll continue to look and they find something else. So it's in both of your interests to get the deal done. ASAP. Yes. Well, time goes quickly, Alfred. Anytime I'm with you, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, Alfred. You, I love you. And listen, love we'll be too. back with a little advice from the expert in growing plants, okay, which I think we all need, a lot of us need help with. We'll be right back after a quick news. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. We'll be back in a moment. The preceding hour of programming paid for by three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.